0: Welcome into the Legends Rewind Podcast. I'm your host Rusty Ellis. Today joined by former Livingston Academy football coach, well-known coach Bruce Lamb. Coach, I appreciate you being here today.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: So, uh, let's just start at the very beginning. Um when did when did football what's your first memory of football?
1: Oh, man, first that's a <laughs> that's a that's a long time. I was in 6th grade. I I okay. guess it was and um I played for the Capshaw Cobras and uh <laughs> That's an Bill, awesome name. Yeah, and, and of course, it's not the Cobras anymore. I, I don't know exactly what it is, but uh, Bill Grubbs was my coach, and he had, had Grubbs Sporting Goods on Willow Avenue over there and, uh, you know, just went out for the first time. Had played it around the house all my life with my brother and, and my cousins, but, you know, they actually get to go play on an actual team. That was that when I was in sixth grade and just fell in love with it then and, and, uh, and uh, you know, just continued it out the rest of my life so
0: a lot of people when you know when they talk about their first memory of football and why it is they love football a lot of people love to say well it's because it's different from every sport and yeah. it is it's very physical I think the only sport that really comes close to even matching it is probably hockey but uh what for you was the reason you stuck with football
1: I, you know I, I can't uh, I, I think the the great teammates I had you know just with my buddies and you know with my friends and we just were all close and Uh, You know, to this day, you know, I still got buddies that I played with in elementary school and middle school and, you know, and, you know, into high school and in college for sure. You know, I still still have those guys that I talk to all all the time. And just that's probably one of the main things that that I loved about it. And i love to get to go out there and just and play a game that, uh, you know, is is exciting. There, it was never the same. There was always something different each week. Uh, in almost every play, something different goes on, and I played multiple positions, and uh, you know, just I, I loved it from from day one.
0: So, knowing how competitive a guy you are, how, uh, with you and your buddies, how how competitive were practices, and how competitive were y'all with each other?
1: Oh man, <laughs> it was a, <laughs> it was, a, it, was a, it was especially in college. I think it was more in college than it was, either. of course, high school was pretty pretty competitive, uh, as in you know. You had guys over there wanting to get into play and and fighting you know and going through things and just just fighting to be on the field and when you get in college I mean it's 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 you know you got people wanting to be noticed and so it was it was uh it was a struggle every day to go out and it just made you better and and that's what I you I always coached as one of these kids to understand that if you get noticed in practice you're gonna get playing time in the game and uh, you know, go out there every day because if you work hard every day in practice, it's just going to make you better and your teammate. And, uh, you know, I, I did the same thing and I worked motel off and, uh, and actually got, uh, got to, you know, my sophomore year in college, I started and, um, you know, started out through high school and, and, um, got on the field with with coach honey and that, that was a that was a big thing back then as, as coach little will tell you you know um, if you weren't in the top 13 you didn't play mm-hmm. and because uh, you played every position on the field at all times so you know it, it, I wanted to be a part of that and my competitiveness like you talk about I, I didn't want to stand I didn't want to sit and uh, and I was gonna do everything I could to get out there and play
0: so from your earlier days from we'll say' say middle school early high school was, was there a a moment where you remember you were like you know I'm pretty good at this I could play at the next level
1: you know I, I really I, I never thought I could mm-hmm. play uh the college level at all I never it never entered my mind until Jim Ragland started recruiting me and I started getting all these recruiting letters from these colleges and um uh, you know there were some other opportunities that for for me but you know I had some buddies I had four buddies Sam Brooks, Jerry Jared uh, you know, Fred Edgerton that signed to play at, at Tennessee Tech, and 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 so I wanted to go join them, and and so I went to Tennessee Tech, and uh, you know Jim Ragland gave me the opportunity to go and play, and uh, I'd come off of a uh, ACL tear and, and surgery and had to miss majority of my senior year, um, but he still offered me the, the opportunity to go and play, and and, and I walked on and as a preferred walk-on and uh ended up uh getting a scholarship my second year and and ended up starting so it, it was just a uh it, it was a, it's crazy how it all worked out but it did and you know I got to play with my buddies and I made memories the rest of my life.
0: I know how important coaching has been in your life to you so as a player who were some of those coaches that made a long-lasting impact on you not just on the field but as as a person?
1: Well yeah, man there's, there's so many <laughs> there's so many uh you know Starting with, you know, the first was Bill Grubbs. I mean, Bill Grubbs was just a, a, a great, a great man. And I looked up to him because it was my first ever going out and mm-hmm. being on it. the first time ever being on a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and uh, you know, you talk about other coaches, you know, when I went to middle school, it was Millis Hig- Higginbotham, Jeff Comer, uh, Bobby Winningham, you know, all those guys. You know, Noel Cherry. Uh, and, and Ron Chambers is, had, they've had a big impact on my life that, uh, you know, more than just football. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, those guys were in, incredible and, 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 shaped me the way I uh, I turned out a lot of times. And, and when I got in high school, it was Ken Honey and Jake Libby and Bill Rasman, David Little, Curtis Duff, you know, all those guys were just, uh, they, they were amazing. And the, uh, I, I can't ask, for, couldn't have asked for any better coaches than what I had, and, and just people. They were just really good people, and they and they treated us the way we need to be treated, treated. As a, they treated us as adults, mm-hmm. they guided us and did the things that that uh, things that a lot of people wouldn't do. That they did with us, and and when I got in college, um, you know Jim Ragland was a. Was, was a great man, and, and uh, a man could sell ice to an Eskimo, <laughs> I'm telling you, he was, he was unbelievable, but uh, uh, loved Jim Ragland, and then uh, my sophomore year, uh, a guy named LT Helton came in, mm-hmm. and Coach Helton um, was one of the biggest impacts of the way I do things, um, as in uh, the way I coach, uh, as in football-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, I was actually an accounting major uh, for two years at Tennessee Tech, and I thought that's what i to do because I love working with numbers. And uh, I remember seeing Jake Libby, who was one of my high school coaches, and Coach Libby came up to me and said, uh, "What are you, uh, what are you majoring in, son?" And I said, and "I told him I said I was majoring in accounting," and he shook his head. And you just didn't want to disappoint mm-hmm. Coach Libby. He's one of those guys that I just loved and thought the world of, and. And he looked at me and said, football's gave you a lot, son. You need to give something back. And and uh, that just hit me. And I will never forget that day. I remember where I was at. I remember everything. The next day I went and changed my major and changed it to education. And here I am, uh, you know, just because of what he said to me. And he was correct. And this is this what my profession should have been.
0: So before we get into your coaching career, because I, obviously he's my boss now and I have to know, what's your best David Little story, whether it's you – know, I
1: can't tell all those. i got to get in trouble. <laughs> well, oh, come on.
0: You've got you to have one that won't get us, either of us in trouble.
1: You've got... Well, Coach Little was – he was he was awesome. There's so many that I could say. I, I, I'll just say this. It was always a good time when Coach Little was around. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that right now. We always had a great time, and, and I, I, I love him. You know, I've actually uh, – Played for him. I actually worked for him when he was principal at Covil High School, and you know, you you can't beat Dave Little, and, and and you can't. And I, I feel I feel strange calling him David. You know, it's it's Coach Little. Uh, you know, it's always been that, and I, I, I'll, it'll never change. I love the man, and and I, I love everything he's done for me, and he's helped me throughout the years, and I, I love him.
0: If it's any consolation, I've been told I've been told to call him David, and I can't call him anything other than Coach Two. Yeah, so exactly me. right. Uh, exactly. So, coaching career. Um, what were those first few years like? I know that that was probably a lot, a lot of learning there, but uh, you talked about how you got into coaching. What were those first couple of years like?
1: Uh, it, it was uh, it was very interesting because I think the hardest part about coaching was is that I learned uh, I knew what I wanted to say, but I couldn't get it out the right way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I knew how to show them. But I didn't know how to tell them mm-hmm. and and do it the right way. So it took a, few, a little while for me to figure out how to explain things to kids. And That was the hardest part. Um, but you know, my first three years, I come to Livingston uh, under Danny McCoy, and Lord, he he took a he took a chance on me. I, I didn't know him from out. I just knew who he was. And uh, when I was at Tennessee Tech as a freshman, we played Cincinnati, where Danny played at, and mm-hmm. uh, I watched Cincinnati play some in high school and. Uh, You know, just knew of him, and he took a chance on me, and um, I came up here and and loved it. Um, When he resigned, I left and went to Cookville, back Mm -hmm. to to hometown, and uh, was defense coordinator for Ron Chambers there. And and, uh, when Ron stepped down, uh, I left and went to White County and was a year with uh, Jeff Arnett as the head coach. Uh, then at 29 years old, I became the head coach and was there for three years. And that was an interesting experience. You know, you, you think at 29, you know, everything and mm-hmm. you, trust me, you don't, I, <laughs> I, I, I learned a, as my next head coaching experience, when I came back to Livingston three years later and worked under Matt Eldridge and, uh, you know, Danny and, you know, Grant was the head coach one year and worked with coach flat for years. And, um, you know, it was it's all been a learning experience every bit of it i learned i look back now at the things i did in white county man i i think i wasn't very smart you know that i was i was doing it more as a player than i was as a coach i think and um i let my heart mm-hmm. go and change my mind and do some things as i shouldn't have done as a coach mm-hmm. um And, uh, you know, but I learned from it. I learned from, I learned the right way. I learned from these other guys that I've coached with how to coach and, you know, definitely not perfect, not nowhere close to it, but I have enjoyed my coaching career. And it's been one of those things that every day is a learning experience. And when you don't learn anymore, it's it's time for you to step down and, um, you know, i'm not saying i'm done i mean i may come back i don't know you know i may come back and coach but i've enjoyed it i miss it i still miss it right now i miss i miss being out there with those kids i love those kids i love my coaching staff that i coached with And um, but it's uh those first years were, were tough it was it was very interesting um we were decent we were a decent football team had to had some guys that i'll remember the rest of my life that played for me that i still i have coached their kids now and uh, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy that I get to coach them, but it, it was definitely a learning experience those first few years and I've learned every year since then.
0: So you mentioned being at White County. What was it that brought you back to Livingston?
1: Uh, I, you know, I had two, two girls and they're getting ready to start school. My wife is from here, you know, um, and, and, uh, you know, I really enjoyed my three years here. I really mm-hmm. liked it. And, and, uh, I just thought it was the right place to be and it's a right place, right? right place to bring my daughters up and and and, and my daughters and, and my wife come for everything they become before football they come for everything and I just thought it was the right place for us to be and um, I was lucky enough to be hired back and get to work under coach Eldridge and um, you know we ended up winning the state championship in 2005 and it was just a, a great experience and I just thought that would you know raising my children here would, is where they were supposed to be raised and have always loved it, and it, it feels like home. You know, it feels like home. You know, I, I'm originally from Cookville, but you know, this is this is where it feels like being home at.
0: So, when when did the idea of being the athletic director? When did that start to appeal to you? And what and what what led to that interest? Well,
1: I, I've always loved the the stuff to do with being an athletic director. You know, with the business part and getting everything situated and that. Because I've always loved that. It was something that I was always interested in. Even when I was in college, I was in love being that kind of stuff and. Uh, being around that, and uh, I just, I just kind of, you know, uh, it came open when Coach Swallow stepped down, and he had a couple other people do it, and and uh, I went and talked with uh, Coach Riddle when she was the principal, and I said, you know, if you, if you need an athletic director, I'll be glad to do it, and uh, she was, she said, okay, and so I just kind not you know, she was, she was, uh, I don't know if she was excited, but <laughs> it was probably excited. Somebody wanted to do it, you know, but uh, I stepped in and, and did. You know, there's no money in it. I, you know, they don't pay you here to be athletic director. But uh, um, you know, I, I enjoyed it, and I enjoyed getting to help the kids and and uh, and trying to keep everything situated. That we put, do everything by the rules.
0: So I've said a lot that I think that. Athletic director positions are all like coaching positions that a lot of people they just see the Friday night. They see you on the sideline wearing yes. the headset. Athletic directors I feel like a lot of people just see you. You're at every game, but how much more goes into that job than just you know being present every game and just kind of maintaining everything? Well,
1: game? you know that's the one thing that uh, and and I I kind of did this. I, I told them I didn't go to every game mm-hmm. because I'm not paid, <laughs> you know, and, and and I have a family, mm-hmm. you know, and and that was that come first and. Um, you know, if I was a uh, paid out going to every game, I mean, I, and one of my great friends, Steve Robbins is the athletic director, athletic director at Cookville high school. And, you know, Steve is, uh, uh, I don't know how he does it. You know, he, he's at every game that goes on in Cookville high school and that's a lot. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, I don't think I could want to do that, uh, you know, I'd like to get paid when I was doing it, but <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I didn't I didn't get paid, so I didn't go to every game. But yeah, there there is a, a lot to do besides going to the games. There's paperwork, making sure uh, dealing with the TAA, um, making sure eligibility is correct. If something goes wrong, getting everybody set up to work the games. You know, take care of the money, all that. It's just it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, and um, the money is. If there was money, and I know Steve does a lot, I mean, I know what Steve makes for it, and it's not enough. It's not <laughs> enough to, to, to run the athletic program like he has to.
0: So one team specifically that I want to talk about that you coached was the team two years ago in 2019. Yes. When did you think that team was going to have like, – that team obviously had a very special year yes. When your first 11 games you play. When did you think that team might be special?
1: Um, You know – you think you're going to be good. You go, you always have your high hopes and, and you try try not to get overly excited about it. You know, I think when I saw them, um, of course we beat Westmoreland the first game. The second game we played Cookville and of course, you know, Cookville is Cookville. They're, they're better. They're good. You know, they're real good. And they're a lot of times, most of the time they're better than we are. And I thought we had a chance against them. But when I saw them in the fourth quarter, of that last drive, we go 99 yards. Mm-hmm. I knew we were special then. Um, watching the way Will handled the offense, um, the way everybody came together and played together, that kind of made me think, hey, we got something here. Mm-hmm. And then we go down two weeks later and play Upperman. And I think it was a 10 7 ball game we won. It. They were really good, mm-hmm. really good. And uh, we were lucky to get out of the 10 7 victory at Upperman, mm-hmm. which is a very hard place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I knew then that we, hey, we got a shot, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, I, I, w- I was excited, you know, and we ran into a, a team that was playing extremely well, Knowlesville, or I mm-hmm. think we had a shot to go all the way. Mm-hmm. I think we were that good. Um, just had a couple other teams like that. I think the 2012 team mm-hmm. had a shot. 2014 wasn't, it was pretty close. Mm-hmm. 2012 had some unfortunate things happen. I think we had a shot to go then. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you just kind of feel it out, you know, but I think the 99 yard drive is when I first started thinking, hey, we we, We were pretty good Mm -hmm. because that was, in 28 years coaching, that's one of the most impressive drives Mm -hmm. that I can remember that I've coached. It was great.
0: So let me ask you this, because you bring up Will McDonald. Yes. Uh, is he one of the easiest kids you've ever had to coach? Because every time I feel like I've ever spoken to him, it's always yes, sir, no, sir. He, he's always trying to learn. He don't, I don't feel like he was – I never felt like he was a kid that felt like he knew everything, like a lot of quarterbacks might be. Was he one of the easiest kids for you to coach?
1: Absolutely. He, was, he is one of those kids that a coach loves to have because he is one of those kids that he just walks you, – You know, he walks in and you tell him something, he soaks it all in. Mm-hmm. Every bit of, from day one, he has soaked it all in, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. And he learned from the good and the bad. And it, we were very, he, was, he was very lucky, and I was very lucky, to have a, a coach like Danny McCoy at, coaching him. And, and Danny worked with him every day. Uh, and to put Danny's knowledge into Will, I mean, you see it now. I mean, he's the number two man, at Lindsey Wilson, as a, as a freshman. Mm-hmm. He was 7 of 10 the other night for... 91 yards, had five drives, drove it down, scored three times in their first game the other night. So, I mean, this kid is going to do something very, very special. And, yes, he was very easy because, like you said, uh, he's yes sir, no sir. He soaks it all in, and he respects everything that you say.
0: So now let's talk about family life a little bit because you bring that up. Uh, ha- how important as a coach, and I'm sure you would, you, ha- you would be you'd say this a lot to younger coaches, how important is having that balance of at some point you can't be coach anymore, you've got to be a father, you've got to be a husband, how important is that?
1: Oh, man, it, and, and, I, and I've learned that over the years from my coaches. Um, it is probably the most important thing is to make sure your family is involved, and, and I think – When I talk about when I was in White County and being young and doing silly things, if it wasn't for my wife, I wouldn't have seen my kids hardly at all during football season because I left before they got up. Um, And when I got home, they were in bed. And so, because, you know, you stay and you do the extra, you're young, you're trying to do all this stuff, get everything right. My wife would bring my kids down there to see me Mm -hmm. during practice. And so they were on the field with me a lot of times Mm -hmm. on practice. My oldest, Reagan, uh, I got a picture of her on my shoulders blowing the whistle for sprints. You know, she's (laughs) she's three, you know. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but... The family part—you, you, you have to have someone special in your life mm-hmm. to be able to coach, you know, mm-hmm. and, or it's going to end up in disaster. My wife is is amazing. Mm-hmm. She has done some so many uh, great things for me and and for my family, and, and so many sacrifices she's made so I could coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and she knows that uh, that coaching was was a passion of mine, and she wanted to help me do that and she and and the kids know that she and as, as when i say kids my players always knew that my wife loved them just like she loved her own kids mm-hmm. and um it, she was been very special to take it but that is having that 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 person there that you can come home to vent to mm-hmm. uh you know and, and as, as my wife said a lot of times she said she say she's divorced you see, so she's a single parent, divorced from July to November. You know, because you're always putting getting put time mm-hmm. up here. But you know, having that someone special there is just is uh, incredible. And I, I, will tell you what, I couldn't ask for a better wife, a better wife for better my kids. You know, you know I miss games and stuff like that at times, but um, you know, it, it's it's been it's been great. And you, I, would, I would tell every coach, don't neglect your family. You know, take care of them first and then you can take care of everything else. Mm
0: -hmm. One thing I've heard from a coach in the last – the the most impactful thing I think I've heard from a coach in the last probably five years was, I think it was Bruce Arians when he first got to the Buccaneers, telling his assistant coaches, like, you know, know, I expect commitment, but I don't want to hear anything about you missing a recital, you missing a, a youth game. You missing a, a, a theater performance, that's when we'll have a problem, you know. Yes. That's when I'll have a problem with you. Uh, one thing I learned very quickly with you, especially late in the season, that if I wanted to get a hold of you, I needed to do it before basketball season started. <laughs> Absolutely. Because Absolutely. you, I don't know how you found the time to coach, to be as committed to this as you are, and then also make it to every one of, I think it was Keeley at the time. Yes. yes. Make it to every one of her games at, was it Kentucky Wesleyan? Kentucky yes. Westland, yes. I want to make sure I have everything right yes. there. Um, but how how important is that as well to be there for them to support them, knowing that they're supporting you on the sidelines on Friday night?
1: Well, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I just, I, you know, Keeley uh, Keeley played up there, and we played all the way up to Michigan and everywhere. And we would go, um, we would go everywhere with it. I think we missed one game and that was because my other daughter was graduating from college. So. Um, it's extremely important that she knew that she had somebody I knew when I played, when I looked up in the stands and I saw my mom and dad there, I knew, I felt comfortable, you mm-hmm. know, when I was ready to play. Um, so just knowing, having that familiar face there, mm-hmm. you know, I, I knew it for her. I, it made her feel secure and she can go do what she needs to do. And, um, you know, and that's what we, uh, Don and I always tried to do is be there for her. And, and uh, you know, right now I can't, uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, as uh, she's in a different country, and I'm not allowed in, but uh, we'll definitely be watching somehow.
0: So talk about talk about your kids then for a minute and where each of them are and, and, and you know, what they've done to be successful in their lives.
1: Well, uh, Reagan's my oldest. She's uh, 24, and uh, she is at Cumberland University doing her master's to get to, to – she wants to be an athletic trainer. Mm-hmm. Which you know, I said, you know, at three years old, she's on my shoulders blowing the whistle, so she's always been it around makes sense, ball. Right? Yeah, and, and I've I've tried to talk her out of it, you know, but but she loves it. This is what she loves. She loves being around the athletics, and, and uh, she loves Sean Moffitt, who was our mm-hmm. athletic trainer who passed away a couple of years ago, and uh, you know, she loved being around uh, Coach Moffat, and and uh, and so it, it shaped her into what she wants to be, and and uh, you know she she'll be out uh next fall and and uh, get to go, go on be a big girl job as we say <laughs> and you know she'll be successful because she loves it and uh you know my youngest uh, uh keely who's 23 she just last week flew to norway and she's playing professional basketball for the bay baskets over there and uh and uh send uh <laughs> norway which is just south of oslo maybe 10 minutes so um you know, and this is following her dream, and so both of them are doing what they want to do right now, and and um, you know they're both following their dreams, and I'm I'm excited for them to see what the future holds.
0: Because obviously I'm not a father, and I couldn't understand. It. Could you put into words kind of what that moment means when you see one of your children signed to play a professional sport, regardless of international or not? I mean, professional sports is professional sports. Uh,
1: it, it's 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 amazing just to see that, and how proud you are, because. I know the hours that she's put in. I know the work that she's put in. And I've seen what she's done. And, you know, and I, I know this is kind of uh, off the subject a little bit, but <laughs> I, I want to thank somebody. And I don't know who it is. I don't know who it is. But when my daughter made the team as a freshman in high school, there was only two girls that made it. And um, someone got on social media and kind of, made some very negative remarks about my daughter mm-hmm. and the reason she made it. And she posted it. She cut that out, printed it off, cut it out and put it in her locker. And she did it all through high school and all through college. But that motivation from that person <laughs> saying that has given her where she's at now. You know, it's really motivated her. And, and uh, I don't know who you are. I hope you're listening, <laughs> but I, I wanna say thank you for doing that. So, but you know, kids are—you know—seeing your daughter do that, how the proud moments you got, man—it's—it's it's amazing. It's—it's—it's it's, it's unreal that, you know, you're proud anyway. You're mm-hmm. proud anyway, no matter what they do, and and for them to do that and to get to follow their dreams. And you know, Keely sends us pictures, and we Facetime all the time, and uh, it's just amazing. I'm—I'm I'm so happy for her.
0: So, you know, one thing every coach also says is, especially coaches that have played the sport, that you, you know when you've played your last snap or you know when you've played your last game. Um, as a coach, when 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 did you know that, okay, maybe I've coached my last game maybe or, or maybe, maybe for now I need to step away? What was that moment for you?
1: Wow, it, it was it, – and you could tell it was coming mm-hmm. um, because you don't – I don't know what the word – you're – mentally and physically exhausted mm-hmm. um uh, you know i was trying to do a lot of stuff here you know the coaches i have are mostly volunteers i mm-hmm. uh, didn't have any here the last year i had coach king here but i didn't have him with me all the time um but you know a lot of things it was i was trying to get done and it was a lot of stuff was done by myself and um painting the field and mm-hmm. getting here. of course i'm an athletic director too and mm-hmm. you know it just wears a tear on you um, uh, and, and, um, and I felt like it was coming and, and then at Nolansville, um, last, our last game, I, I walked off the field and I, and I, I kind of thought, I thought, mm-hmm. well, maybe cause I felt this way before, mm-hmm. you know, and I felt this way and I thought maybe this, my, my you know, maybe I'll get back. I'll be fine in the spring when we came out went to spring practice and, um, I enjoyed it, but I didn't have that competitiveness in me that I always had, you know, that that says, man, I, I you know, we gotta do this to win, we gotta do that, and, and that, I guess I would just, the energy was mm-hmm. gone. And and uh, then in May, I, I mean, my wife talked and my kids, and I just told them, you know, I don't think I can do this. Mm-hmm. And and uh, uh, I've talked with Coach Maynard, Coach Maynard, 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 Maynard and I, Maynard. I, I always said if I was going to be assistant coach I'd wanna be under Coach Mayor at Cookville because he does a phenomenal job and he's a he's a he's a great guy. And um uh, um and I just told him, I said, I just don't have it in me right now. I don't have it to be an assistant, I don't have it to be anything mm-hmm. and just the energy was gone and I just thought uh, it's time to it's time to move on.
0: So one the one, one thing that I you you would never know that I heard you say this, but when you called Justin a couple years ago to talk about this very thing, yes. you said, "I don't know what's next. Maybe I'll go be an assistant somewhere. Maybe I'll be a bagger at Kroger." Yes. Um, but what's next for you as of right now? What, 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 what do you What do you think's next for you right well, now?
1: Well, the next thing is is of course uh, my wife. I didn't find out till um, a little over a week ago that we couldn't get in Norway because we were going to go stay take a leave of absence and, and stay with her, with Keeley for seven months mm-hmm. in Norway. But uh, well, since we're not allowed there, um, we're still trying to get there. We've talked to some congressmen and, and people trying to get us there, but with the COVID rates, it's still, you know, there's, we can't get there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, what's next? You know, um, I'm just coming here and doing my job every day <laughs> now, and then, uh, you know, I... I, I I may get a little extra job, maybe at Kroger's, I don't know, <laughs> you know uh, but I may get a job just to, you know, make a little extra money and, and uh, you know, cause teachers aren't paid the greatest. So, uh, you know, maybe something like that. And then, you know, who knows? I mean, if the opportunity arises and I feel like I can do it, I may come back to coaching, but I don't know. I don't know. We'll we'll see. And and, and I, uh, I don't know right now, I need to be a husband and a dad wanted to be anything, so. That's, that's the thing I want to do
0: right now. So the way I like to end all these is free game. If you could talk to people that want to have a career like you did or want to work in a job like you you have, what's a piece of advice you would tell them and what's a piece of advice you would tell your younger self?
1: Uh, number one, you're not going to get rich. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I, it is very rewarding. Um, and you have these kids that uh, be be this, guy, this coach that – if you're going to coach and do the thing you're doing, be that person that is going to be an influence on these kids and a positive influence. And not that you're always going to do everything correct, but you're always going to do things in the best interest of those kids. And and when you walk away from this, know, you want your kids to know that they, that you love them. And I talk to, I got, there's six now that are playing college ball and I talk to them every week. And, uh, you know, and, and, not only them, but the ones I see out in town and everywhere, you know, they know that I love them and I tell them I love them. And that's, there's there's nothing, you know, some people think uh, because you're a big football coach or whatever, or a big coach, something like that, you can't say I love you. But, mm-hmm. hey, that's the most powerful three words they are. And kids need to know that because a lot of times that's the only time they hear it. Mm-hmm. And that's what you want to do. They, they need to know that.
0: Awesome. Well, that was Livingston Academy, or former Livingston Academy head coach, Bruce Lamb.